everybody. Welcome to another episode of Who Gave Us a Mic. I am Adam Harris, along with Ken Miller. Hey guys, how you doing? We're at it again. What's going on, everybody? So on this episode, episode two, yes, we made it past episode one. Um, still in quarantine, but with that being said, we're going to hit on trying to sell during a pandemic. And as you guys probably heard, Ken is in sales. We're going to really try to cater this entire episode towards him and maybe some advice he can give you guys um, about sales during this whole thing, how he's dealing with it. And hopefully you guys can come up better than, you know, you went into the whole thing. But before we get into that, Ken, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm having a victory sour monkey. I think it's what the second time I had one of these things. I don't know. It's interesting. Dude, I, love I don't know if I monkey. like it or don't like it i can't really tell yet it's a very unique beer dude i love the sour monkeys i'm addicted to them i can't have them in my fridge because i'll drink like 12 of them and then i won't wake up in the morning oh my god if you had drink 12 of these things they're pretty <laughs> high octane they're like about 9.5 percent yeah, that'll do yeah. the trick but they don't taste like they're that high alcohol like you drink no. the old monkeys and oh they yeah this like... tastes like alcohol really see i didn't think it was that bad no the golden monkeys no the golden monkeys i feel like horrible. golden monkeys you could tell you're drinking like High proof alcohol, but this stuff is like it's not that it's hard to, or not that easy to tell. It's pretty uh, it's pretty easy to drink, right? Yeah, it's pretty easy to drink, and I can see how they could be dangerous. But it's got kind of a weird aftertaste. I don't know. I told um, I guess it's kind of like drinking a less um, a less. Remember those warheads back in the day? Oh yeah. It's like drinking those. It's not as potent. It I has like, like that I, aftertaste, but your face doesn't like turn like you sucked on a lemon. <laughs> I used to love warheads. I mean, maybe because I was a little bit of a psychopath, but I love the sour and bitterness of uh, a warhead. It just made you feel. I knew the shit back in the day. Right. I was actually telling you. I think we need to do an episode called like Barrel of Monkeys or something like that. Where you and I just no. sit in uh, a dark room no. and chug monkeys and see what happens. No. <laughs> I think we should put a poll yeah. out there and see if anybody actually wants to do it, but I think it'd be actually pretty good content. I'm never having a golden monkey again. Last time I had it, I got the flu the next day, and <laughs> it's not good. Dude, I did that once. I think I was like 13 years old. I was over at my dad's for uh, New Year's Eve, and he made this kick-ass uh, prime rib. And that evening, like I got deathly ill, like everybody in my dad's house did. And I couldn't eat prime rib for like eight years after that because it just Maybe brought up – Maybe just like, gave you food poisoning. It might have very well could have, but it was like PTSD, and I couldn't touch the stuff like for another like eight years afterwards. I don't blame you. Anyways, as we digress, so Ken, you're obviously in sales, all this stuff like that, and I mean, what's your opinion of this whole oh, pandemic, um, and how it's kind of affected like the global market and sales and everything like that? It is uh, certainly not fun. After- Damn sure. I mean, unless you were like in medical sales selling PPE, that'd be probably pretty nice. But um, it is certainly not fun, especially I'm in the, the consu- um, I'm in the consumer products world, so the vast majority of accounts are shut down. I do have some. I do have open ones for sure, but uh, I should say the vast majority. I'd say about forty percent are shut down, something like that. Forty percent of doors. Well, that's um, still not bad. I mean, it, I agree. I mean. Full-fledged, usually have, but it's better than nothing. It could definitely be worse. I mean, if you were like in the golf industry or something, imagine how bad that would suck. Or a car industry. I was thinking about that. Imagine oh, yeah. car, you know, anything like that. You're a car dealership, and they just shut down everything, but you still have all of that inventory on the lot that you used your line of credit against to try to pay for all that stuff, and now mm-hmm. you're just like SOL, like shit. I got to pay this monthly thing back to the bank. 
And the salespeople are pretty much on all commission, so they ain't making nothing. Yeah, that's got to be such a shitty industry to be in right now, which is funny. Um, you brought up golf, and uh, I'm a member of a country club, and I still got my country club dues, even though I couldn't actually go to the country club. I was like, what? This seems a little unfair. Like, there's got to be some kind of bylaw. Like, during a pandemic, you don't have to pay. Dude, for the first, like, you know, our state's been locked down forever. The first, like, month, daycare was still billing me. And I'm like, he can't, he's not even fucking allowed to go here. Like, why am I still paying a goddamn daycare bill and he can't even go there? That was my thoughts. I'm like, I saw the, like, you and me, my monthly invoice. I'm like, oh, fuck you guys. I'm going to go walk up on the course and play nine because if I'm going to get billed for this shit, I'm going to go get my money's worth for it. The fact that you have a, uh, whatchamacallit, a country club membership in probably the worst state you can have. Oh, it's either snows or rains. Like, um, I think we get uh, probably four sun- sunny days a year, maybe. Three? Yeah, it, they definitely price it though accordingly. Where you're not paying that much money throughout the year, and yeah, you know oh, I mean, better. It's, yeah, it's really not that outlavish. It's just kind of, and it's a good networking thing. I have to honestly say, it's helped me build um, a rapport with some people I probably wouldn't have uh, bumped elbows with if I wouldn't have been part of a country club. So it's not necessarily a bad networking thing, and it's kind of, not it's just a burnt cost. It's kind of like an investment. Yeah, uh, speaking of, so I was talking about one body. You know, you meet a lot of people, you know, kind of out and about that are, work for other brands and whatnot. And uh, he sells apparel to golf courses. He's basically 100% commission, pretty darn close. Um, and his wife's like his inside, kind of like admin help. Yeah. So she basically, you know, gets paid off the exact same accounts. Not basically, she does. So if he went across, he had four states. So he went from killing it to not having a single account open in four states. So not only is he not getting paid, his wife's not getting paid. Dude, that's crazy. I mean, luckily they did. And their commission. They're all straight commission. Luckily, they at least helped out a fair amount of people by the waiving, like, the waiting week for unemployment so they can get checks pretty uh, instantly. And that's also right. adding, like, an additional $600 per check so that people aren't hurt too hard. And I heard this week they're supposed to start giving out the stimulus checks. Um, they're 1200 bucks a piece, which is, you know, I get it's not much, but it's at least something to kind of boost the economy back up and do whatever they can to keep people on their feet. Um, but I mean, with that being said, with the whole, with the whole sales thing, like you're still trying to sell during this, right? I mean, I'm a little different because, um, you know, I still have some open accounts, like, so I have, I have a few accounts, uh, a few large accounts that a couple of them, like the buyers are literally furloughed, so like you can't do anything. So if you look at, you know, the guy I was just talking to, all his accounts are closed. Those buyers are furloughed. So like he literally can't do anything. Well, is there still some people yeah, out there yeah. buying though? No. Like everybody's furloughed besides like the owners of the country club and maybe somebody blow up. Like they're not doing anything. No, but I'm saying, like, do you but, still you know, have I some have, account, though? Yeah, I still have uh, people. Cause I think we touched on the last episode. I have some essential. Um, I have some accounts that are deemed essential. So, yeah, I'm still selling to those guys. And, uh, you know, people that are, aren't are open, but they're they're, they're they're closed, but they're not furloughed. But yeah, so my one account, I'm, looking, I'm just talking today, and I'm looking to ship a lot of stuff in May, you know, knock on wood. But we're still booking it out. We'll play it by ear. If we have to push it back, we'll have to push it back. But the big thing now is... Um, you know, you're like reselling what you already sold. You're trying to keep orders from being canceled, so you're selling there, trying to convince them not to cancel it. And at the same time, the the accounts that uh, are open, you're trying to continue to sell to them. 
Well, I mean, you got to say, though, is like it's got to be hard trying to sell during this to even the stores that are still open because they're just trying to keep their doors open right now and make payroll. But you're trying to still sell. So, like, how do you try to sell but not come across as like that slimy used car salesman? Yeah, I mean, you know, lucky for me, <laughs> we, we have a product that sells and we have a great brand. If you were selling like, you know, super glue, it might be a little tough. <laughs> but. Um, I mean, that's not to knock super glue salesman, but I'm just lucky enough that I have a, a brand that is selling during this. But the big thing is trying to get them to, to talk to you for a minute because if you call them, even though you know we our product is selling, they immediately think they're tunnel vision. All they're doing is stocking essential, tunnel vision, tunnel vision, because that's what they think is the only thing that's selling. So the big thing is you got to try to get them off the floor to talk to you for a few minutes or off their spreadsheet, whatever. Um, you know, if it's a larger account, they're not going to be on the floor. If you have smaller accounts, owners wear, as you know, a hundred hats so they could be on the floor, you know, working in the store, whatever. Either way, you got to carve out like 10 time, ten minutes. So, like, once you that, get that 10 minutes, though, like, what are you trying to – how are you trying to steer the conversation, though, to try to get them to understand why they should be buying from you right now during this time? Uh, well, I try to keep a pretty high level, like a hundred-foot view of the business. Uh, so the first thing I want to cover, first and foremost, I want to make sure uh, they're healthy, their family's healthy, all their friends are healthy, uh, their business is healthy, and then you know once we make sure all that is good, um, in that 10-15 minutes they carved out, I say hey let's let's take a look at uh, our brand and you know I, I really want to get a pulse on the, uh, the business, which is you know true. I have people to report to to make sure that we're still selling through items at the store level. Um, so, you know, that's true. I want to get a pulse on our business as well. And, and you're trying to that, show, I mean, not to interject, but like you're trying to show like genuine like interest in what they're doing because not only are they just a customer, but you kind of also care about who they are as a person because you're not just looking at them as a, a dollar sign that you're like, hey, Joe Blow sells this product and I don't care about anything like that. Yeah, you could definitely have to show genuine empathy is what I would say. And, um, you know, if you if you worked with these people for a few years like I have, they should definitely trust you by now. Again, like I said, I'm not selling, you know, super glue or duct tape. I know. I don't know. Duct tape might be pretty. Duct tape might be pretty, um, you know, useful during a pandemic. I mean, you could do like everything with duct tape. Make like a bowl, a cup, shower curtain. If you can't fix it, duck it. Exactly. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, like that's what I said. You you know, you want to, you know, you want to cover their health, cover the family and friends' health, and uh, cover the health of their business before you even think about talking to business. And then, uh, you know, after that, you can get in the health of your company's business and do that the hundred foot view, like I said, and uh, see if they're down year over year, see if they're up, see if they're flat, and uh, just kind of walk through the numbers a little bit. Hey, what I found is these essential stores are getting so much foot. I mean, you went to Lowe's. Like, oh my god, the place crazy. is crazy. So you know they're not just selling essential items. You know, they're selling paint, lawn care. So there's other things selling. Um, but I bet you if you talk to the store managers, they would say they're pretty much selling just essential items. Because you get kind of tunnel vision on that because that shit is selling through so quickly. They just feel like they're constantly replenishing it and everything's not keeping up with that speed. So it must not be selling. So get them off the floor, get them off their spreadsheet, get them on your, your brand, your product. Take that hundred foot view and then start walking through the numbers. And as you're walking through the numbers, you can do a you know a nice soft close, and you can see what's selling through. If you see there's a gap there, you know 
that's when you interject and say, hey, you sold through this in X amount of days. We should reorder it because blah. No, it's a good really point too. It, it's like a trusted advisor of them. You know, you're not trying to force product down their throat and oversell them. You really want to keep it as kind of a trusted advisor, trusted partner. No, and that's a, that's a great point about the whole thing is that if you're in the central business right now, like let's say like a Lowe's or a Home Depot, you're almost like a sanctuary for a lot of people. Even if they don't need an essential item, whatever it would be, they might just be going there just to get out of the house. And who many, oh, no how many, how many people do you think are checking everything they have to do off their honey do list off during this whole thing? You know I mean, you know, I mean, wife and wife's looking at the husband going, "Hey, we've been wanting to paint the kitchen for the past two years, and you don't have anything to do for the next two months. Let's go to Lowe's." So Ooh, while exactly. they might not be while they might not be directly going to look at your product when they go to Lowe's, they may be looking for something else, and they may stumble across it and be like, "Huh, I'm going to buy this because it's there and it's in front of me." And especially anything to get you outside. Like I know the stores I've been talking to, like they're they're doing super well with charcoal and pellets. You know anything that can get people outside, whether it's cooking or like I said, lawn care before. You know, people just want to not be cooped up. So if you're lucky enough to sell something that keeps you outside, that's another, uh, you know, another feather in your cap. But, uh, yeah, the big thing, not to harp on it too long. The big thing is, I, you know, I really try to show genuine, genuine empathy and interest in their, them and their business. And then as you start walking through your business together, um, cause again, if you've been working with these people for years, they should be able to carve out 10 minutes of your time to at least, you know, give you a pulse on your own business. Yeah, because, I mean, they're just as integral to the business as the product you're selling. You know what I mean? And, and especially to somebody like you who's a little bit younger and has come up through this. If you've had a client for five or six years, they've been with you from the very beginning. So they're pretty integral to where you're at right now. And, you know, what does that say about you if you can't carve out a few minutes to actually ask about, you know, how their kids are doing with having to be homeschooled right now and all these other things like that? You know what I mean? What kind of person does that characterize you as? And it's another point to touch on this shit that's going on right now with the businesses that are open. And if they don't give you a few minutes of their time, you should go back to the drawing board and recheck those relationships you have. Um, you know, there's a lot of people I talk to that, uh, as I said before, you know, you run into people and you make friends with people in other brands. And uh, I got people hitting me up like, hey, can you get on the phone with so-and-so, you know, to a large account? I can't even get on the phone with them. If that's the case um, – you know, they, they really need to check the relationships because they can't carve out 10 minutes in a week. Um, there's no relationship there. Yeah, and you can't look at it as it's the other person's fault. You have to look at it as your fault. Why didn't you develop Absolutely. that relationship? And what didn't you do from the very beginning to really cultivate Especially it? Especially if it's in a large account like that. Like, you should have had, you know, your, one of your best relationships there. Oh, yeah, entirely. So, I mean, speaking of that, like you get some of these bigger stores. I mean, have you been able to really close any deals throughout this entire thing? Well, as you take a big swig of Sour Monkey. Yeah, yeah I think that was a, a cheers of myself over this one. <laughs> um, yeah, recently I closed a monster. So I think like probably six, seven months I've been working on this guy, working on him, working on him, working on him. Um, and I knew there was a little bit of an issue there when why he didn't want to make such a big commitment on the dollar amount, but you know, they have they have a lot of stores. A lot of stores. And the way I wanted to roll out the program, just like just about anything in retail, if you don't have a good display, um, and good merchandising, then it's just not gonna sell through. 
and the vast majority of people will jump on any business they're given because it's such a big account. You're going to make commission on it, yada, yada, yada. But I know that like if I would have jumped on what he originally wanted to give me, it wouldn't have sold through that quick. He wouldn't have been impressed with the brand. He had a good chance he wouldn't have reordered. And if he did reorder, he would have just uh, picked a few SKUs and it would have just dwindled from there. And it would really would have hurt the business in the long run. So I ended up saying, you know, basically this is the program. We either can do it this way or not, and here's why. And uh, so we both ended up walking away. He wouldn't answer my phone call, email nothing, so I figured that one was lost. So about, um, I don't know, I guess about a week, week and a half ago. About a, Probably about a week ago, would you say, about a week ago? Yeah, I would say, yeah. So yeah, I was, uh, it was definitely last week. Last, or I think it was the yeah, later part of last week. Yeah, but I think actually I think it was like last Wednesday. Anyway, so I was just sitting here thinking, and I'm like, you know what? Um, the dude's in a state that's very highly affected by everything going on. So I was like, I'm just gonna check in, see how he's doing. So I just shot him an email and said, Hey, um, you know, long time no talk. I just want to check in, and I know your state's been very affected. I just want to check in, make sure you and your loved ones are okay. Uh, you know, thinking about you during this time. Blah blah blah. Email sent. Ten minutes later. Hey, uh, Ken, do you have any time to hop on a call? And I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> I'm like, that's what did it. So I, you know, I set up a call. And this is, like I said, this is a pretty big play. I uh, set up a call in like five minutes in the call. He goes, you know, I'm not even buying from you. And you're the only vendor that asked me how my family was doing. Right. And, and dude, I mean, I'm that's like, the big thing you're saying show genuine interest. And I, I didn't even expect to hear from the guy. Uh, like, I didn't even expect he would ever. He didn't answer me for six, seven months. So long story short, I roll out the program I originally asked for plus more. And uh, it's going to be a fucking great account, you know, especially <laughs> when this is going on and everybody uh, is chomping at the bits. It, it's going to be a good account for, for a very long, long time. And I think that's the first uh, seed to a, a good relationship right there. No, yeah, and that's a great thing that somebody can, like, learn from. I mean, at least in this instance is, one, first off, just asking about how somebody's doing just goes a long way because, I mean, through the 9 to 5, most people send out emails, and their emails are very short and to the point, like, hey, can you give me this order? I mean, just a simple email like that, just asking somebody how their family's doing shows you actually care about them. And secondly, I mean, through this opportunity, you got to think that 99% of the salespeople are affected by this pandemic. So they're not worried about their vendors or who they're selling to. They're just worried about themselves. So going out of your way to make sure that you're worried that your customers are okay shows that, you know, hey, even though you're dealing with all this shit, you're still worried about them, which, I mean, I'm sure goes a long fucking way like it did in this instance. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, that can kind of segue. Like, what do you have any any like any advice for like fellow people in sales right now about what they can do to really like capitalize on this opportunity, even though it's kind of is a catastrophe? Yeah, I think the big thing, uh, you know, especially if you have no dealers, like this is kind of a time where you you kind of pivot. I mean, even even my dealers that are closed, like as long as they're not furloughed, because I don't think you're like I don't think they're allowed to conduct business when they're furloughed. So. Um, I've I've been reaching out to them on a personal level. That's it. And um, but even the uh, you know dealers or uh, accounts, whatever you want to call them, even when they're closed, I'm still reaching out to see how they're doing. I'm sure you know I'm sure it's super stressful. Yeah, so I really keep... take this time to build 
relationships and build yourself. And too, if you, if you spend you spend these uh these couple months just emailing people, even not even trying to close sales, but just building relationships, you want that you want them to think of you first when this whole thing ends and they're trying to buy stuff. You want to be the first thing on their mind. And that usually helps if you're the first one in their inbox all the time. And if they're like, wow, hey, Ken was really thoughtful throughout this entire pandemic. Like he was always asking how my family was and everything else like that. I'm going to give him a call after all this and see if he wants to do some business. Exactly. And if they are open, again, you got to get them on the phone. Yeah. And like you said, another great thing, I mean, at least advice would be um, like to really consolidate or take a look at your uh, relationships with some of these things and see the guys that aren't or the customers that aren't really looking out for you right now and what could have gone wrong in these relationships and what you can do to really build these once this whole pandemic ends because i mean while they might not be calling you now you're still gonna have to do business with them once this all ends so you might as well take you know what i mean just look at the entire thing all over again and see what you can do better going forward yeah because i mean once you have a relationship too we'll you know we'll touch on this in later podcasts but you have to be able to leverage that relationship also you know not in a mean way not in a take advantage of a way but Trust me, a buyer is going to leverage it to you. You know, if I'm a buyer right now and I'm sitting on a surplus of cash, I'm not going to go crazy, but I'm going to ask for a hell of a deal right now. All right, to so try to buy some. That leads us to our next thing. Like, let's say, let's put the shoe on the other foot, and let's look at the from a buyer's perspective. Like, do you think there's any benefit right now for a buyer to buy a product um, during this whole thing, opposed to waiting it out and keeping bare minimum stock? For sure. I mean, it really, really depends on your business. You know, let's say you're, you're let's say you have a pretty great uh, e-commerce business. Hell yeah, you're gonna get great terms. You're gonna get great discounts because there's so many manufacturers that are gonna be hurting. Uh, there's so many manufacturers that want to support their uh, accounts. You know, with both of that, if you got the cash flow, and um, I would, if I had the cash flow and I didn't have a good web presence and I was closed down, I. Would probably still roll the dice a little bit if I had the cash flow. But yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's a great like. I think it's a great time to, uh, if you can do capitalize it to on this in. opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, gonna I mean, say like, kind of like we are with the stock market right now. It's a little crazy. We got the extra cash flow. That was the time to buy. But yeah, that's what I'd be doing with, uh, with the inventory. You're gonna get great dating. Like, you're probably gonna get 120 days, maybe more. Yeah, and, and like great discount, 25% off, which you're already getting margin wise. You and I capitalized on the stock market and all that stuff like that because we did have, you know, I mean, a little bit of cash and we were okay with that. Um, but even you see all these discounts that all of these places are giving out right now, like Omaha Steaks, Wine.com, anything else like that. They're giving such crazy discounts to the consumer right now that you can get stuff for just basically nothing. They're just trying to give it away to keep the cash flow going on. So you can kind yeah, of capitalize on it. Yeah, so if you have the ability and you're kind of, you know, solvent and you have a lot of money, you can kind of capitalize on this whole thing. So, I mean, it, it sounds That's what I'm saying. Like morbid. Relationship, uh, that's what I'm saying also from a relationship standpoint. When I said, you know, you had to you can't be afraid to leverage it. If you're a manufacturer and your company's hurting right now, you better believe a buyer's gonna you could you guys could golf every single week for five years. Dude's going to try to leverage a little bit, get better dating, get better. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. So, um, you know, whether you're a buyer or you're, or you're a salesman, there's – I've written and I've written and watched a ton of salespeople, 
that have great relationships and they're too scared to ask for the business because they don't want to hurt those relationships. If you got a great relationship and you put on a great presentation, they're going to expect you to ask for the sale. Like, if you built that relationship, you kind of earned the right to ask for the sale. Same yeah, with exactly. your, if you're a buyer. Like, the salesperson should expect you to push back a little bit. You know, um, It's kind of a give and take, but you got to leverage it. Oh, I agree. And you, you, like, you put in you're scared, but you've put in all the legwork. You have to keep going with it. So, and yeah, it just almost like how many people I've ridden with that are too scared to ask this in. And that's not just the industry that I'm currently in. Oh no, it's everybody. Everybody's too terrified because they're terrified of somebody saying no. And they're exactly. terrified of somebody going, because then it's almost a shot to their own ego. Like, Oh my God, I'm not good enough. What did I do wrong? And everything else like that. And people can't handle no, That's just, just one day. You don't lose that sale forever. You know? Yeah, no. And my guy might have said no on a back. Monday. Yeah, he might have said no on a Monday, but on a Friday, he's like, you know what? I reconsidered. Yeah, I want to do this deal. Yeah. But how is he ever going to know you're trying to make a deal with him if you never propose it? I wrote with somebody uh, once. It was in a different industry, and they asked for the uh, – finally asked for the sale. This is probably like six months calling on this guy, calling on call. Never asked for the sale. Finally, he asked for the sale. He goes, yep. He goes, what the hell took you so long? <laughs> waiting for six months for you to ask me. He goes, I wasn't going to order just off principle. Wow. That's kind of funny. It's like whenever you're talking to a girl and you finally ask her out and she's like, what took you so long? You're like, yeah, she's about to lose interest. Yeah. She's like, really? Do you just not have the balls to do this? Like, yeah, yeah. you got to just toe the line and, you know what I mean? Take a shot. And what's the worst that happens? Somebody says no. It happens. That's part of being in sales. You probably get told no more than times than you get told yes. All right. So with yes. that, let's try to get something. Let's give some people to uh, look forward to. So, I mean, hey, you're stuck at home. Nothing really to do. Any books, podcasts, anything like that on Amazon people should be getting into? Oh, yeah, this podcast. <laughs> Obviously. Well, if they're listening to this podcast through the entire thing, they're already hooked on this podcast. Yeah. I was saying anything outside um, of this. Any books you've been kind of reading? Yeah, I haven't found like a crazy good sales podcast yet that I've. It's kind of why we, a part of the reason we started this. But um, a great book is "Obstacles of the Way" by Ryan Holiday. I definitely recommend that. Um, we'll, we'll try to give you guys like a book a week uh, based off of what we read, but um, maybe every two weeks if we're reading slow. But we're gonna try for about a book a week. But I definitely "Obstacles of the Way." I can't recommend that enough. And I would also recommend. You know, if there's somebody that's really talented at your company is finding a mentor and using this downtime to uh, to better yourself, set up coaching calls, and then continue those coaching calls after this. Um, I think we touched on the last podcast. I have had some great mentors that have had a huge impact on me, and that's all because I just simply asked them to be my mentor. You'll find that most people that are successful, unless they're a total dick, They'll be willing to help you out a little bit and, you know, try to help you with your own success. Yeah. And, you know, be a little empathetic about the fact that that mentor you're trying to look out to might be dealing with a wife and kids, some other things that might have issues. But just go, hey, when you have a few seconds, just want to pick your brain about like some of these things you're doing during this whole quarantine and how you're trying to grow your relationship or your sales or anything else like that. If you give me any insight, I'd greatly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I've always yeah, found so- that, like writing an email like and saying, hey, whenever you have time. When you get a second or stuff like that, it um, doesn't make it that much of a priority, I guess, like immediately, like you're not asking for something. It's like, hey, at your leisure. And it makes people a lot more responsive to it opposed to going, hey, right now I need you to do this for me. 
Yeah, I like to send the, send the email to get him on the phone and then take five minutes on the phone and ask him. I'm all about being more personable. I agree. Yeah, and I think the, the phone calls is a lost art. Everybody will want to write through email. But if you get somebody on the phone, it's a lot harder for them to say no to you. It's easy to type two letters on the uh, keyboard on an email, but you have somebody on the phone, you're whining and dying and I'm schmoozing them. You know, they're, they're a lot less likely to be like, no. And even if they say no, it's easy. You can kind of get them to maybe change their mind a lot easier on a phone call. Yeah, phone's better than email and person's better than phone. I agree. You got anything else, pal? That's it, man. I guess this will bring us to what? This is the end of the second one, so let's look forward to three. Yes, looking forward to three, and hopefully we're closer to getting out of quarantine, getting back to our regular lives. So, uh, God, I hope so. Right, because um, this lasts another month or two. I'm, I'm going to just go insane. Yeah, I'll lose my mind. All right. So, I, I am Adam Harris. He is Ken Miller, and thank you guys again for listening to episode two of Who Gave Us a Mic. See you guys.